Everybody, welcome to the sports sports podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And not joining us as almost never is the sports Phil's not outsider here. Phil Ranta. Phil's not here. He's not here. Phil's not here today. Right? And this is uh, this is a rarity. Like you've heard shows without Joel, and you've heard shows without Jordan, but I'll bet you haven't heard that many shows without Phil. <laughs> And the reason is is quite simple. It's that Joel and I don't know how to use the recording equipment. Yeah. Well, and it's that, pretty fundamental. And that <laughs> Phil has the only set of keys to the studio, studio, studio. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah. But which when can be a real problem. Like he goes out for the weekend, and you remember when the water main broke? Oh my God! Water, water, water everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> right, and not a drop to drink because it was filled with battery acid. Yeah, yeah. Which. Which was another thing that we needed to fix there. So, but here's what I like about doing uh, shows with you, Joel. And I've said this before, but yeah. while uh, would, well, technically, when it's you and I, it's just the sports sports podcast. Yeah. When we host, I feel like the sports content is elevated so high. Right. This is practically a sports 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 podcast. I think <laughs> one man down, we do double the sports. I absolutely agree. Phil is like an anchor around our neck who keeps making us do all sorts of strange, funny flights of fancy instead of talking about the detailed sports analysis that this podcast has always been dedicated to. I think he's a sports anchor, but a comedy balloon. Yes, exactly. But uh, on that note, on the podcast, we have one of my favorite guests and one of Phil's least favorite. So this is actually perfect timing. Yes. Uh, we're going to have on Billy Bob. He's an independent fantasy analyst. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask him questions about fantasy baseball, which, believe it or not, we're in the middle, in the middle <laughs> or the beginning of the middle of the fantasy baseball season and about fantasy football, which is, you know, right around the corner. Right. So long as the NFL is. Jordan, I got to be honest. I am still in. I mean, first of all, it's hard for me to realize like, in my head, baseball hasn't started yet. I'm still not in the thing where it's like I look at the clock and I go, oh, it's four, time for baseball. Uh, oh, oh, I definitely am. But yeah. I'm unemployed, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really important to have things to look forward to. That's, that's a good point. Uh, when will Allie be able to talk to me again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just wait by the door. <laughs> like uh, like a loyal dog. Um, uh, but, yeah. but, uh uh yeah the the uh sorry i just lost my train of thought that's okay jill you won't be here for the interview i'm gonna need you to pick up lunch for me and billy bob oh that's right oh i'm sorry that was the other thing i was gonna say is finally we're gonna get a billy bob interview without phil being jerk i know and i'm excited because while you won't be here i'm gonna be able to get a leg up in the leagues that we're in together because i'm gonna deep dive into the nitty-gritty kind of stuff. I'm talking the sabermetrics, the stuff that Phil won't let us get to because he's too hung up on Billy Bob's methods. And you know what? I've always been like this. There's a method to the madness for Billy Bob. Oh, yeah. You know? He, he's, he's, he's not traditional in any sense of the word, but he gives you the insight that you need. He gets results. Exactly. And so he'll be on the podcast today. And instead of Wide World of Weird Sports, Phil or Joel, we got a sports throughout <laughs> history. Yes, we do. 
And news, news, news. But first, sports update, watch update. Sports update, watch update. Brought to you by General Goods. General Goods can be bought at many places. Raiders pretend Coach John Gruden is in the hospital with COVID-19 to make sure they take shit seriously. <laughs> Subheadline, players pretend this isn't a fucked up way to illustrate a point. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. As we get ever closer to football season, several professional leagues are operating expensive but near-flawless bubbles. On the other hand, Major League Baseball is using Robert McNamara's body count metrics to define their success. <laughs> And that's the that's the thing that the NFL has its eye on. That's the with, uh, great Robert McNamara quote. <laughs> we don't do it enough, right? That's, we don't that's do the, it enough. That's the sort of thing Phil won't get. <laughs> uh, with training camp right around the corner, Las Vegas Raiders uh, players logged on to a team Zoom call expecting to find Coach Gruden, but instead they were greeted by special teams coach Rick Basakia. Wow, you would think that somebody ahead of the special teams coach would step well, into think, that void. I think if you're a player and you log on uh, to, expecting to see coach and you see the special teams coach, you're already thinking, oh no, something has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Every coach except for this guy must have died. <laughs> this was the designated survivor yeah. at a coach's meeting. Every they time were... they have a big meeting, they make him go wait in a separate slipper. And location. then, you know and the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> took the opening and just decimated Raiders' <laughs> leadership in one fell swoop. Yeah. Uh, not literally decimated. I know I used it wrong. But anyway, uh, so on the call, Coach Bisakia, the special teams coach, confirmed the players' worst fears. Coach John Gruden had tested positive for COVID and was being taken care of in the hospital. Mm. The players were shocked and extremely worried. Before... Coach Bisakia revealed that this wasn't really true. Gruden didn't have COVID, but they wanted to illustrate that anyone at any moment could contract coronavirus and that everyone needs to remain vigilant. Okay. Uh, boy, were they having a problem with players in the team contracting coronavirus? No. This no, was, not, this not, was there. Not they we went with this totally unprompted. No, it seems like a harsh way to do the lesson. It feels like a little unnecessary. It's a terrible way to do the lesson. At the very <laughs> least, you got to like make them stew for a day. <laughs> you reveal. <laughs> I mean, that might make it worse. But like, you reveal after a few minutes, and this is this is nothing. Not to mention, well, I mean, some of the players probably have like fucking family members who actually have it. Yeah, I was gonna say you could actually just be like anyone could. You, I'm sure you could find a player, coach, or teammate with someone who had it. Yeah. You know, who knows someone who had it. But but here's the thing, Joel. So you could say, have that player come up and talk about how they're feeling. <laughs> what it's like to be dealing with a loved one with this. And Wow, that, that went too far for football, Joel. <laughs> yeah, you're I right. Think, I think you, that was a, that was a, an emotional, uh, an EQ leap, not ready for this shield. Yeah, as I'm saying it out loud, I think I'm realizing <laughs> why John Gruden did not come up with this idea. <laughs> But here's the thing. This is why it's brilliant. Put yourself in Coach Gruden's shoes. You're in your third year as Raiders head coach. Mm -hmm. Your team is going to play its first season in a new city. You've just shot an 84 at Shadow Creek, and you totally spaced on the team Zoom meeting. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I mean, once you consider all that, it's not just the smart move. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> You're also probably a little worried about being exposed as <laughs> not a particularly good head coach. Well, see, that's the thing. Exactly, Joel. I'm glad you said that because sources are saying that the message has really sunk in for the team with the players rep saying, of course, we were taking it seriously before, but maybe not $100 million over 10 years seriously. <laughs> and it's really good that Coach projected that fear of failure onto us. <laughs> Sports Update Watch Update. Sports Update Watch Update. Brought to you by General Goods. They can be purchased near sports stores. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil, but not Phil. News, news, news. The Rock buys the XFL. Oh, my goodness. Like the one at Gibraltar or? No, you'll know. You'll know. Subheadline. <laughs> deal comes after HBO rejected idea as season arc for ballers. Sub mm. subheadline: mm. sub The deal is a lot like ballers, except it passes the Beckdale test. Oh, yeah, it really does too. <laughs> there must uh, be there must be women working somewhere in the XFL. Well, this is actually part of the story here. The XFL's oh. second season didn't go quite as planned. Mm. Debuting in January of 2020, which feels like decades ago, the league didn't make it longer than five games into the season because of the global coronavirus pandemic, pandemic and even more puzzlingly, never signed Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I mean, is it possible that the coronavirus itself is God's way of punishing us for having the XFL fail to sign Johnny Manziel? It's a distinct possibility, yeah. Joel. Naturally, the Vince McMahon-backed league went slide whistle bankrupt, filing for Chapter 11. Since then, they've been looking for a buyer. It's a made-for-TV product that easily transitions to the bubble. But did we mention the price? You could own an entire sports league for $15 million. Ooh. Even the apprehensive Anderson brothers would get behind Spencer Strassmore going rogue and making a purchase at that price. I'm confused. Mike and I, uh, we've never really talked about the price of an NFL team, so... Mike, oh, no, th this, well, this is, yeah. We, well, this is not an NFL team, this is an XFL league. Right, no, no, Listen. I'm talking about the Anderson brothers. My brother and I, we... Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. These are characters on HBO's hit show, Ballers. Oh, right. I, I stopped watching after, after season one. Fair enough. But speaking of that, we all know that The Rock bought the XFL because we all read headlines. Mm -hmm. But, which, but uh, unfortunately, uh, headlines are like storylines on Ballers. They marginalized its female characters. Mm. This whole deal was orchestrated by The Rock's business partner, Danny Garcia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dwayne Johnson was the banner name, Redbird Capital Partners with the private equity, but it was his business, business partner, Danny Garcia, who did the whole deal. On, John, on Twitter, Johnson called her the architect of the acquisition. Garcia is the first female and first Latinx owner of a sports league. That's pretty good. That's pretty not, huge. Not to mention, Dwayne Johnson himself is a person of color, half Samoan, half black. Right. But how's this for a twist, Rob Corddry's character? <laughs> Danny Garcia is also The Rock's ex. Oh, what? Yeah, that's right. In 2008, as they were going through a divorce, Johnson asked her if she'd leave the world of finance, where she worked, to become his manager. Hmm. 
what a great way to stay connected, you know? Yeah. People well, talk sh- about an amicable uh, parting of ways, but this is this is taking it to new levels. Is there anything The Rock is not going to do brilliantly and make us all feel inadequate? <laughs> and it's not just the right move at a friendship point, it's the right business move. Listen to, here's, here's Garcia explaining it. Quote, It's very rare, I understand it's rare, to work with your ex. First of all, we have the support of our spouses. Mrs. Mrs. Lauren Hashian Johnson, Dwayne's wife, is amazing. And my husband is amazing. Dave Rezenzi. And Dave and Dwayne are so close. My husband is Dwayne's strength and conditioning coach. The physique that is on DJ, it was designed by my husband. So we are all close and we respect each other. There's an incredible amount of respect. Wow. Their spouses are super cool with it. Right. Super hot and way better than ballers. They're all rich swingers. A rich multicultural group of swingers, Joel. (laughs) I know. It's fantastic. Also, it turns out that the reason why, what we say, it was Danny Johnson? Danny Garcia? Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Danny, the reason Dwayne, why... Dwayne Johnson is yes. the rock. Danny Garcia is his ex and now business partner and manager. Right. And so clearly the reason why their marriage didn't work is because they both wanted to be married to people with more complicated names. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> you know? I think like, that was part of it. They were like, everything about this is great. We should maintain our business relationship, but I am so sick of people not needing to ask me how to pronounce my spouse's name. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I was really hoping we could riff on the rich multicultural group of swingers thing, but <laughs> I'm really glad we talked about their names sorry. and pointed out that I stumbled over them. So, Thanks, sorry, Joel. Jordan. I wasn't pointing out that you stumbled over them. I was just no. Noting. I really felt like you were. Felt like it was. Uh, a joke that was really aimed at my difficulty in really pronouncing wasn't. the names. I was noting how complicated <laughs> both of those names are as compared to Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia. Like, they were both looking for something more exotic in the name department. Well, unfortunately, and I read a lot of these, uh, for all the puff pieces coming out about Garcia, she has to pretend like she was an actual fan of the XFL before she bought it. Oh, yeah. I she has to act like, that. oh, yeah, like... So, quote, I was dying to have some ownership, but Vince McMahon had it completely under his control. So I participated as a fan that opening weekend and following it the next five weeks. <laughs> I was, I was, quote, I was so engaged with the product that they had put together. Okay. I, I okay. Like- even now, I, even now, if you're a narcissist like Vince McMahon, you're starting to get suspicious of this person. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. This is a, this is a lot of compliments even for me. Like, ooh, ease off. Why do I feel like Danny Garcia was like, hey, this looks like a property that's about to die and that I could snap up on the cheap? I think that's exact. I think that's exactly, that's literally what they did. They bought a sports league. For, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah, she's she's saying she watched it as a fan. I'm saying she watched it as a Warren Buffett-style deal uh, searcher. Oh, Yeah. Like, this has decent value, but oh, now it's cheap. Not to mention, and you say everyone put the rock in the headlines. Uh, I'll bet that's the way she wanted it. <laughs> oh, no, that's true. Yeah, like, I'm but sure she but... was like, uh, you know, if I bought the XFL for $15 million, I probably can get re- return on it. But if, uh, if I put the rock's name at the top of it, <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll get all this PR and then everybody will be super excited. <laughs> Yeah, 
do you think it'll work? Do you think? Do you think? Uh, do you think this could work? I see. Here's the thing. I think this actually could work in a bubble, as they describe. They have such yeah. a small number of teams that I think you could bubble it somewhere and actually have it work next spring, which would be particularly interesting if the NFL doesn't happen. Yeah. Plus, I think I don't know. I just uh, I feel like the the branding can also sort of take its own its own tack now. You know. Like, under Vince McMahon, it, it felt... <laughs> I don't know what you meant. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I mean, like, oh. uh, it's it's The Rock now, and he's, like, you know, funny and fun. He was the, the best part of the W, and I guess I'm... I'm... <laughs> oh, we don't want the guy who... Fu- as you're saying, in the, in the WWE, we don't want the guy who was always up on stage huffing and puffing and firing The Rock. Right. We want, we want The Rock. Exactly. And, you know, and he'll be able to, like, he'll be able to promote the league. Like, I think having The Rock appear in your ads alone, like, is, yeah, I think, how much would you have to pay The Rock for a national ad campaign for, like, the NFL? Uh, I'd say about $15 million. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Joining us now on the podcast, one of my favorite guests of all time, Billy Bob, the independent fantasy analyst. Hey there, Jordan, how you doing? (laughs) <laughs> oh, Billy Bob, I'm great. It is so great to talk to you. I am. I'm so disappointed. I can't see you in person. I understand why. Oh, I'm glad yeah. Well, hey, you know how it is. You know, uh, especially because uh, I live in Texas. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, but yeah, like I can't. I can't be going out too much right now. No, totally understand. Stay safe. This is how it has to be. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But hey, Jordan, we got yeah? fantasy sports again. <laughs> We do, we do. I, I'm, I'll be honest, my, my league is having kind of a bubble year where we're not continuing our dynasty. We're kind of doing it fresh. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are doing that. Uh, well, I suppose that's because you failed to put rules in place in your league to understand how a partial season would work. You know, actually, we did, Billy Bob. It's funny that you mentioned that. We did, and then oh. when it came to it, the league just completely disregarded it because everyone was in a, a bummer of a mood, understandably. Uh, I, about, I guess so, uh, but I gotta say, Jordan, if the rules existed, if they were in place and written into your your league constitution, it seems odd to just ignore them. But I know it's why you make the rules, so you take the decision away from yourself. You're, yeah. When you make rules, you're taking decisions away from your f- future self who might not make the right decision. Yeah, it's a, you know when it's you a, make contingency rules. It's a good thing we don't approach the real constitution like your league approaches its constitution. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I was going to say the reason you're here and, and the reason why I'm so happy to have you here is a lot of people are playing in different fantasy baseball leagues than normal. The seasons are kind of weird, so it's like. We have a, you know, I need a lot of help this year. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I gotta say, it's it's difficult for me too, Jordan, because I'm 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 floundering here. You know, it's like, you know, you start looking, you're like, hey, which which players have historically not performed in April? You know, but then you're also thinking, which players have historically not performed in April? Because it's cold. <laughs> they're from somewhere right, exactly. where it's, it's not cool, and they're just you know, baseballs play where it's hot. You know who. Who's particularly streaky, and does that make them a good or a bad? Like, if you catch them on a hot streak that lasts for 20 or 30 games, crap, you just won your league. Yeah, that's half the season. Yeah, but if, if they're on a cold streak for, for a couple of weeks, crap, you just lost the league. <laughs> I know, I know. So I think I've broken down a few scenarios here, Jordan, to okay. really help us understand how to really approach fantasy. And I got to say... uh. 
the back and forth that we're having right now is quite nice. You know, I don't, uh, I like Phil. I'm going to be honest. He's a nice guy. You oh, know? Phil's great. Sure. Yeah. But, but he seems to have a real problem with me. You know, I think it's, I think it's because he doesn't play fantasy sports. Yeah. I think he doesn't. So, and I think he doesn't understand the culture. He doesn't understand the game. I think that's it. I would not take it personally. Yeah. Cause really. I have, I've tried really hard to adjust my shtick to his criticisms and right, right. And I, and I know that. I don't know why I just said shtick. I mean, strategy for fantasy baseball. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, it's nice to not have him here so I can really uh, just go about things the way I normally would, which is what you like, Jordan. That is, it's what I love. Okay, so, are you ready? Scenario number one, Jordan. All right, lay it on me. You are looking at the first overall pick in your baseball draft. Oh, man, yeah. Okay, now I know most of you have already drafted, uh, but I think it's still worth talking about who you think the best player overall is, you know? Absolutely. Okay, so imagine this. It's draft day. You're looking at it. Mike Trout, no longer the definitive number one on the board, right? Okay? I mean, possibly, but there's at least two or three other people uh, that have seeped into the conversation, as Trout's oh, steal totals have dropped over the course of his career. That's right. No, you got Christian Yelich there. You got... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, After the season Cody Ballinger had last year, he's in oh, the conversation, yeah. you know. Acuna Jr. Absolutely. Yeah. If he takes the next step like we're thinking. And uh, Mookie Betts, still stealing bases. So which, uh, which of these characters are you going to take? So draft comes up, you know, it's rolling along. You're on the clock, Jordan. <laughs> Oh man! Right? Oh man! I... Always stressful. First pick Very rolls stressful. around. You take Mike Trout. Oh, I love it! I love it. And then Major League Baseball completes all fifty of the scheduled games as planned, and Mike Trout does well. Well, that that that'd be great. I'm not. I'm not sure what the analysis is there, Billy Bob. That. It kind of just dropped off there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just my my scenario format uh, seems to have hit a hit a thing here. I think I usually, you know, talk a lot about what's going on there, but at the moment, all I can think about is, boy, what if they just finish the season? Well, yeah, that'd be pretty great. I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be better than not better than the alternative, better than not finishing the season, I guess. Yeah, it's um, just, it's, uh, it's hard for me to to go much deeper than that because. Even finishing the season kind of feels like wishful thinking, boy. Right? No, I, you know, I, I understand that, but um, I'm off my you know, game, you know, Jordan. I'm sorry, yeah, Phil's no, not here, you, and I'm not, no, I'm no, not you know feeling what? right. No, no, no. You know, it's good. It's good that he's not here. It's just you and me, safe space. So, I mean, you know what? Okay, I completely understand what you're saying, but maybe we could kind of switch to talking about pitching a little bit. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's go there because I think you know normally over the course of the season. You know, the bullpen is a is a five act drama, right? You know, every team is is uh, for the most part gonna have rises and falls. There's maybe ten guys you can really count on as being a rock solid lock for their job over the course of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But other guys are gonna flame out. Other guys are gonna rise. How is that gonna change within a forty game season, fifty game season, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. We've reached, uh, let's say, round 10, you know? 
just early enough that you might start thinking about taking the leak closer, but you're still sort of worrying about, do I jump now to grab somebody, or am I better off waiting, taking quality pitching lower, and just trying to ride it, assuming that at least a handful of people are going to show up in that first couple of weeks and just not be good. Right, right. So, you come in, you're reaching those middle rounds, and here's what you do. You don't take Craig Kimbrell because of his elbow problems. Right, no, I don't want any part of him this year. So, you say that Kirby Yates has fallen to, say, the 12th or 13th round, right? Right. You're thinking this is a good one to go with. You're also thinking he's got at least a season under his belt. Maybe not enough that you feel as confident as you would about, say, a Kenley Jansen. All right, but higher in the K count. But here's what I'm going to say, Jordan. You pass on Kirby Yates. Why? Why would I? You take Kenley Jansen, and then Major League Baseball actually plays a full 50-game season, and he doesn't lose his job at any point during that. Well, that that sounds great. I mean, and I know he went to driveline in the offseason and supposedly has added some velocity to his fastball. i got to be honest, Jordan. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Even I'm aware that normally that's not how this usually goes. No, there's a little bit more uh, purple pros in your segment, I would say. I guess I just, yeah. I can't picture stuff much past finishing the season. Right. Okay, you know what? You know what? Let's uh, clean slate. Clean slate. Yeah, Jordan, I'm real. Um, I feel terrible. We finally get a chance to do this without Phil here ruining it. And uh, boy, I'm just I'm just not in the right place. It's okay. You know, what if what if we skip baseball? What if we go to NFL? Oh, Fresh slate, clean slate. You know what? Blue You're sky. right. It might be a little early, but people are definitely looking forward to fantasy football this fall. Yep. Okay. So uh, here's here's how I'm looking at it. Right. You're looking near the top of the draft and there's Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, yeah. The man's a walking question mark to the fantasy community. (laughs) Good as he is when he's good, you got off the field issues, injury problems with running backs are always a thing. You got to be asking yourself, am I going to get a full season of Ezekiel Elliott or am I maybe going to get maybe six or seven games out of him? In which case, man, that first round pick just is not the way to go. You got to use that pick in someone you really think is going to play all the games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So here's how it goes. Here's your scenario. First round rolls around. Ezekiel Elliott's on the board. You're saying, do I go with the potential game-changing back who's got all the question marks? Or do I go with the guy that I'm pretty sure is going to tote that rock a good 15 to 20 times a game and not get hurt? And then you go, you go with Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. And Ezekiel Elliott does not contract coronavirus from his teammates. And then the pandemic is mostly handled by mid-fall because the CDC and the federal government finally work in a competent, coordinated fashion. Well, well, I don't even know what I just said, Jordan. I'm real sorry. I'm so confused. First of all, that sounds outstanding. That sounds uh, the opposite of what we've been used to. It sounds like a real fantasy. uh, Yeah, (laughs) it it feels. It sounds great if if that does happen. Um, Especially, you know, the stuff about Ezekiel Elliott's health and um, well, yeah, obviously we're all pretty happy about 
about that. Any any kid who's not going to get sick or injured is always a plus. But but I'll be honest, Jordan. Usually I just start to go when I I go, you know. And now, right, boy. No, I I just yeah no. I'm I'm sorry, Billy Bob. I do feel like your analysis has been a little lacking this time. I uh, this is not what I'm used to. Do you do you want to do fantasy golf or something? Kinda... No, that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't. No, no, it's okay. It's okay, Billy Bob. You these know are, what? Hey, these are tough times, Jordan. No, I understand. Hey, tell you what. We'll, we'll have you back uh, next year, and we can, we can talk about this, and uh, okay, hopefully I things would, will be different. I would really appreciate that. Can I, can I take this knife? No, 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 no. Just, okay. just leave that right there. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Billy Bob. Yeah, yeah, thanks anyway. And now it's time for another Sports Throughout History. Bum, 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 bum. Brought to you by... The History Channel. We're trying to get uh, the, the rights to Game of Thrones or something. Uh, yeah, you see, you guys were thinking, oh, now is the time when we usually do uh, Wide World of Weird Sports. But no! But not... Head fake. <laughs> Head fake. Oh, but may I ask, what do we got this week? Uh, yes, you may, Jordan. Hey, what do we got this week? The 1899 Cleveland Spiders. Ooh, this is this is a deep cut. Yes, indeed. 1899 was the team's 13th and final season in Major League Baseball. And their 11th like... season in the National League. So this is their season finale, yes, as it were. Yes, this is their season finale. Okay. And based on people's reactions, it was like the Sopranos. Oh, no. Oh, in 1899, the owners of the Spiders, the Robeson brothers, not the Robinson brothers, someone took their ends, uh, <laughs> Frank and Stanley, or should I say Staley, uh, bought the St. Louis Browns baseball club from Chris Vander, ah, renaming it the Perfectos. The St. Louis Perfectos. Yeah, everyone remembers you know, the St. Louis Perfectos. You know, I know you're being, I know, I know they don't. But I do think that's a really fun name to bring back. It really is, you know? Like, teams, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe maybe you're a sports team that has a name that's offensive. Right. Uh, <laughs> you might you might consider something fun, like the Perfectos. Yeah, people love retro. There's so many of those, like, semi-old-timey names that, like, didn't survive. Like, the equivalent of the Knickerbockers, but without a hundred years of, like, history. <laughs> Right, well, like the Metropolitans, the Mets, I think, exactly. is a classic. There's... Like, it was mid-century, even 1962, that would have... The, just calling some of the Metropolitans was a bit of a throwback, you know? Yeah. I think. So if you're Cleveland, call them, like, even the Metros. The Cleveland Metros. Ooh, I like... I mean, I think we just go back to Spiders, but maybe we'll learn more about that team. I was actually about to say, I don't think Spiders works at all. No. Oh, Who okay. wants to pull for a Spider? The the guy in the the mascot costume is just gonna walk around scaring children. Oh, I thought he'd be eating flies and taking <laughs> care of that problem for me. Actually, that's I a... for one enjoy spiders and what they contribute. We here at Cleveland have some of the cleanest concessions ever. Why? <laughs> we release spiders everywhere to consume the insects that would normally <laughs> contaminate your hot dogs. Thank you, spiders. Yeah. No, I was actually going to say I thought spiders is is so bad that I honestly would go with a non-plural team nickname over that. The Cleveland Spider Web. <laughs> okay, no, tell us Jordan. about the team. Tell us about the team. Yes, sorry. 
so because they own the Browns, uh, Staley Robeson uh, publicly announced his intention to run the Spiders, quote, as a sideshow. And the fans took him at his word. After the first 16 home games, Cleveland's total attendance was 3,179. Wow, that's total not very much. Total attendance. That would be less than 200 people a game. <laughs> Oof. Other NL teams re- responded by refusing to travel to Cleveland's league park. So wait, they wouldn't go because why? I'm sorry, I want to make sure I have the logic on this. Their cut of ticket revenues would not come close to covering their travel and hotel expenses. Ah, uh, okay, I see. I see. And the wave would be pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, they didn't say that. They made something up about money, but let's be right. honest. As a result, the Spiders only played 26 more home games for the rest of the season. So they were mostly road warriors. Yes, including eight after July 1st. So so in the final three months of the season, they played eight home games. Yeah. Oh, wow. And whatever saint sent his team to Cleveland for those eight games really deserves, deserves a lot. They're... Uh, their final uh, record of the season was 20 and 134. That is terrible. It that is. is the worst of all time. You know who's better than that? The Washington Generals. <laughs> that's that's not at true, least won but... some games. Yeah. I don't know. Have they? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Maybe they've won some intramural squad games. I don't know. Uh, the Robesons decided that a good team in St. Louis would draw more fans. They weren't wrong. <laughs> So they transferred most of the Cleveland Stars, including future Hall of Famers Cy Young, Jesse Burkett, and Bobby Wallace, as well as manager. Do you know what the name of the manager of the Cleveland Spiders in 1898 was, Jordan? I can't say that I do. Patsy Tabot. Ooh, <laughs> what like a it? name! Uh, so so yeah, lot of scrubs, lot of scrubs. So basically, these guys were simultaneously owning two teams, and they sent all the good players to one team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, the team named the Perfectos. Right. While it's, the team named the Spiders continued to suck. It's almost like what Mike Bonino's doing in our fantasy league. Right. <laughs> Except without one being that bad. Fair. Uh, after their first game, in which they were beaten by the Perfectos 10-1, to 1, that <laughs> being the other team that these guys owned. <laughs> right. Uh, the headline, headline, boy, their first game of the season. I mean, talk about really just killing your fans' excitement for anything. It's like, hey, for your very first game of the season, how about you go ahead and play the team that has all of your favorite players who aren't on the team anymore? Uh, but yeah, the Plain Dealer uh, ran the headline in their April 16th edition, The Farce Has Begun. Ha! Ah! So they were aware of it. This just shows like old timey people weren't dumb, right? Like a lot of times people think old timey people weren't dumb, were dumb that they could easily have the wool pulled over their eyes. No, that is not the case. No, like they were, I guess, quote unquote, dumb in the sense that science had not advanced as far as it has now. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so Jordan, let me ask you a couple of uh, things here. So Jordan. You're familiar with, of course, the first 40 games of the season, in particular the legendary 
first 40 games of the 1984 Tigers uh, season, right? Yeah. Well, yes, yes. The 1984 Tigers they started went out. 35 35- and 5. Uh, right. uh, I think they went roughly 500 for the rest of the year, and it didn't matter. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there's a similar thing here with the final 41 games of the Cleveland Spiders uh, season. Really? In that they lost 40 of them. Oh my God! They went zero and forty to finish the season. They went, Jordan. They went one and forty to finish the season. Oh well, yeah. I guess you could put it that way. You yeah. made that out to be way worse than it actually was. <laughs> so if you think that their final record was twenty and one thirty four, they were looking at twenty and ninety, twenty uh, nineteen and ninety three at a certain point, and going, "Hey, maybe this won't be so bad." Oh, God. <laughs> if we could break even from here on out. The morale of losing 40 straight baseball games is... It, it, that's a that's a psychologist project right yeah. there. That's like uh, some, some grad school should study that. Jordan, do you want to guess what the Spiders' road record was? Because they were more than twice as good at home as they were on the road. Oh, God. I, I'm guessing, t- like, I don't know, like 10 and 80? <laughs> You're... You're off. 11 and 101. For an, well, that was pretty close. Oh, 98 winning percentage on the road, and they were 9 and 33 at home for a 214 winning percentage. Oof. If only they could have played all their games at home. Uh, I... Aftermath. The dismal 1899 season was the end for the Spiders and for the National League Baseball in Cleveland. <laughs> Oh, alas. Uh, the Spiders were disbanded, along with franchises in Baltimore, Louisville, and Washington, as the National League uh, contracted from 12 teams to 8. I think that was a good move, ultimately, to get rid of the Spiders. <laughs> yep. like they were a stain on the brand. And also, who can imagine a baseball team in Washington, right? That's... <laughs> Uh, the departure of baseball from Cleveland left an opening for the upstart American League which opened for business in 1901 as the second major league, and among its charter included members of a new team, the Cleveland Blues. Oh, okay. I did not know that they were the original ones to step in to fill the void. Right? Uh, And, of course, they would give the Blues to many Native Americans from there on out by changing their name to the Cleveland Indians. Boo. (laughs) Yes. Uh, As of 2020, the 1962 New York Mets, with 120 losses... And the 2003 Detroit Tigers with 119 losses have the post-1900 NL and AL records for most losses in the season, respectively. Uh, Jordan, how much do you remember about that 2003 season? Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. See, I didn't really follow through 1996, so I was definitely still in for a, you know, like, very, like, uh, self-flagellating season of fandom. (laughs) Yeah, that, that one was rough. Yeah, 96 was also rough. Yeah, but I'll say this. Never was seat jumping easier. That's true. That's true. And that brings to a close another Sports Throughout History. Oh, the Cleveland Spiders were really bad. Oh my gosh, they were so, 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 so bad. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another Sports. Sports. Podcast, but before we go, we're going to have uh, Billy Bob read you our contact information. 
Okay. Uh, hey, hey there, hey there, y'all. Uh, hey, Billy Bob. How's it going? Uh, you know, I'm I'm hanging in there. Yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to reach us on uh, Twitter, what you're gonna want to do here is you want to scale the walls of Thong Duck Toe and just really hope that you don't catch any coronavirus in the process. Uh, and after that, you'll go to uh, twitter.com slash slash sports the number three podcast. <laughs> do not splash. Yeah, do not splash, splash on your Twitter. <laughs> don't splash in your keyboard because then it's not going to work. Uh, boy, again, I'm, I'm feeling real off today. I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> no, it's okay, Billy Bob. It's okay. Work your way through it, buddy. All right. All right. Let's try this next one. Uh, if you want to if you want to see us on Facebook. All right. What you're going to want to do is you want to go in there. You want to find all of the girls who were the most popular at your high school. They're on Facebook, and you're going to want to friend all of them and just really hope that they're getting through these trying times in a healthy and safe way for their families. It's uh, a little creepy, Billy Bob, but then yeah. after that, Facebook, maybe you go Facebook. to the... Facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast would be... All right, thank you. ...website there. Again, I'm sorry, I really, I don't know. I start to kick the engine up, and then, and then boy, I just, I get sad. Uh, well, finally, if you want to hear any of our back episodes where I, I actually know what I'm doing, you can go to anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast. You got all the episodes on there where I'm just, I'm not in such a funk. Oh, thank, thank you, Billy Bob. Appreciate it, buddy. Feel better. Hey, guys. Joel. <laughs> how was, uh, how was Billy Bob? Bye, Joel. Bye.